Welcome to the Success Addicts. You are stepping into a conversation where I ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life, business, faith, health, and more. So ask yourself this one question, are you ready to master your journey of success? In this episode, you will understand very quickly that building deep-rooted relationships with the people around you is very important. Alexi is a former senior vice president of Store Capital, where he oversaw $10 billion worth of assets. He dives into the importance of balance in life and what it takes to find your passion and value within your career. Specifically using his network to help other people, right? Enjoy the episode, and fair warning, you may become addicted. Hey, Alexi, how are you? I appreciate you coming on. Hi, Lenny. Yeah, for sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, appreciate your time. So I guess to start off, just, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, kind of where you're at today and, and you know, what led you to where you're at today as well. And then we can kind of dive into some questions and, and dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I guess born in born in Russia, I uh, I came to the U.S. when I was 11 without really knowing any English. Um, that was an interesting experience. Um, and, you know, I, I came to Tucson, Arizona, a smaller town, um, went through school here, went to college here. Um, in college, I think I probably focused a bit too much on education and, and majors and grades and um, didn't really understand how important um the the personal relationships are and internships and things like that um so i actually graduated with four majors like a almost perfect gpa uh, but had like a pretty hard time um finding a good position um i ended up going to algorithmic trading shop um in israel um but you know that experience um and and what what really proceeded to happen in the next 10 years. You know, I graduated in uh, 2012, so 10 years ago. Um, in the past 10 years, I've realized how kind of how little I knew about developing relationships, um, how important those are, especially to folks in college. And I would even say in high school is where I spend a lot of my time. Um, you know, um, I think uh, more recently I was at um, at a public read called Store Capital. Uh, I was there for five years, uh, managed a $10 billion portfolio and 20 person investment team. Had a great time, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, left not too long ago and working on some things myself now. Um, and, and yeah, look, as I look back, I think uh, what stands out the most is um, really two things, um, you know, your ability to make relationships and and uh, and keep up with them, right? Um, and, and also grit is a big thing that comes to mind. Um, there are, in any, in any given career, there are a lot of challenges that come up and, um, you know, there are those who make it and those who don't. Uh, and typically what separates the two, more than intelligence, I would even say, is just the ability to hang on, you know, hang on and kind of uh, get through difficult times and keep trying, uh, be genuine. 
um, things like that. So I'll, I'll stop and, you know, feel free to ask anything. No, I think that's great. And, um, you know, I definitely want to dive into to the relationship side of things and then we can kind of carry into some of the other stuff that you made comments on. Um, but what, what was the point in time when you realized that building those relationships was important? And then, you know, what were some of the steps that you took to, to really, you know, kind of grow that skill of, of building some of those relationships? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I, I think um, I'm pretty strange, you know, in that, like, I, I was the guy like in the library all day and night um, when I was in college, um, didn't go to like parties and, you know, I was just like super academic driven um almost to a fault i think you know and that's what i realized afterwards um so in israel i went through a um a jewish fellowship there for two years um and during that time there was a lot of like character building activities and, and just trying to understand yourself as a person and one of the things i started to realize is like i'm actually a lot less introverted than i thought um, and I still, I still think, I do still think that I'm, I don't know, maybe like somewhere between introverted and extroverted, you know, um, but I have this huge passion to help people. That's like a big part of me. Um, and I have another big passion of developing relationships, right? And so at some point, um, a really close friend of mine and I were on a bus, I'll never forget this, um, and I asked them, like, uh, you know, we we're both talking about, like, careers and where we might go in, in life, you know. Um, and I asked them, like, if you could just have any job in the world without worrying about money, what would you do? And he said, um, connecting with people and helping them. Um, and, I was, and, and specifically using his network to help other people, right? And that was, to me, that was just such a mind-blowing comment. I, I never thought about networking in such a way. You know, growing up, I always thought, like, networking had a negative connotation, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like you're basically taking from people. Um, and and that comment made me realize, like, well, you know, that might be true for some people, right? Um, but, like, here's a close friend of mine who does it in order to give. And so that like really transformed my thinking completely. And after that, I mean, I, I think in terms of um, practical steps, you know, I, I just started reaching out to people. I was no longer afraid of cold emailing people, cold calling people, um, kept a list of the people I knew, um, helped people find jobs, find deals, you know, whatever it is, like anyone I would talk to, I would try to help them in some way. And, you know, all these things sort of come back years and years later, sometimes not even directly, you know, sometimes you'll hear back from someone who helped someone else who you originally helped, right. you know, five, 10 years ago. So um, it's, uh, yeah. I'm, it kind of uh, comes full circle. I, it does. Yeah, exactly. And I think to your point, um, I mean, that's an interesting comment is, you know, I think once you switch your mindset to, you know, you're not going to try to receive, it's more, let's just build genuine connections with people. Um, yeah. And then, you know, wherever the relationship goes from there, you know, I'm sure something will, will, will come out of it, but let the focus be on just, you know, kind of digging deep. Um, yeah. So 
I know you may also mentioned about the longevity, the grit side of, um, you know, I guess kind of pushing, you know, through your career and, and really breaking through some of those barriers. And I don't know if, if that's kind of, maybe there's a, you know, there's this idea that people tend to kind of give up and change careers or, or try to do something different. So if you can shed a little bit of light on that and, and, you know, really how did grit, you know, what were some situations that grit really, really helped you in your career? Yeah. Um, I think one specific time comes to mind. Um, you know, I think in every career there's like, uh, I guess, um, I guess you can call them like inflection points, right? Um, you know, you can think of, you know, I think you join any job and there's sort of like this, wow, this is so awesome, period, right? Um, kind of like any relationship, I think. The same is true with marriage, right? Um, dating, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. having a child, right? Like, you, you sort of like, um, initially you go through this period of um, excitement, uh, and that that excitement starts to wear off at some point um, as you face challenges and realize like there's more to the picture and challenges ahead, right? Um, and so I think that's where grit comes in, right? And so um, at one of my jobs, I was like, well, I was getting really frustrated. Um, and I called um, a close mentor of mine who used to uh, be a very senior banker at uh, one of the big banks in New York, and um, and what he what he said, you know, it, like it really never left me um, because it was so counterintuitive. Um, basically, what he said was, um, "Stop complaining." It was like one, stop complaining. Two was make your boss look like the best, most intelligent, best performing person in the entire company. And three was never take any credit. Um, and of course, my response was like, but, but like what I did at the work, but, <laughs> but it's so annoying, but I haven't gotten promoted, but I'm not getting paid enough. I mean, you can, you can like keep going with the butts, but he was just like, no, shut up. Like, just stop. I gave you three things. Call me back in six months, you know? Um, and it's, it's amazing how much that works, you know, because you, um, any, um, the bosses sort of like, and, you know, um, I, I think I said earlier, like I managed to know 20 people, right. The best employees under me were humble people that took ownership of stuff and like, you know, like provided value. And, and I, you know, it's kind of up to the boss to, you know, to figure out how much credit they want to give. Right. There's differences of opinion, right. Differences right. of style, and whatever, but but regardless, at the end of the day, um, grit is really important in those situations, right? Like, because as long as you can see a future at the company and you think your boss has upward mobility, right? So um, sometimes it's really worthwhile to hang on um, and just, just be patient, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it, it reminds me of the book. I, I just finished a book that's similar to that mindset of, you know, just kind of, you know, f figuring out ways that you can help your boss and, and, and like you said, make, make the boss look good. Um, and, and, you know, just be humble in your approach. And it was creative followership and it was by yeah. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Collins, um, nice. president of Chick-fil-A. And so that was, that definitely resonated with me. Yeah. Um, 
So I want to talk a little bit about when you were at store and, you know, kind of your experience there. I know I, I, I saw that, you know, you, or you just mentioned as well that you worked on a $10 billion portfolio. Um, so I guess, you know, what was your point in your career up to that opportunity? And then, you know, how did that opportunity, you know, kind of pave the way to, to where you're at now? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's funny, like, so I actually, you know, the same friend that I, um, I mentioned earlier, right. You know, the, the person in the bus, um, that inspired me to like, think about networking and, and giving to others, um, was actually the person that connected me to store, right? Um, um, he he worked on the buy side at, at a hedge fund and, um, you know, store is a public company, so they go on roadshows from time to time. Um, and he met, you know, the executive team and he happened to know that I was in Phoenix or Tucson at the time actually, um, and looking for jobs. And, you know, he figured he'd mention it and, you know, uh, Fairly shortly thereafter, you know, I, I started at store. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think before store, I had like a lot of different experiences. Uh, I think I think I mentioned that I started in algorithmic trading. I did a little bit of distressed debt. Uh, I did some private equity turnarounds and consulting. Um, and then in a, in a funny way, you know, this this was actually my first like hardcore call, so to speak real estate experience when I got to, when I got to store. But what's interesting about um, single tenant net lease, let me know if you want me to like um, explain what that is. Yeah, 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 um, I went to it. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's just, I, guess, I suppose for the listeners, like um, there's a bunch of, t a ton of different types of real estate, right? One very specific type is called single tenant net lease. Single tenant means that you know it's basically freestanding building um, with only one tenant inside, right? And so, just to name a few, you can think about like restaurants, child cares. You know, you're, like you're driving down a street. Don't think like Manhattan, right? Mm -hmm. High rise, fancy streets, but like you know, I think you you said you're in Charlotte, right? So you know, just. Um, just go down the random street and you'll see, you know, a childcare and a pet care place and a vet and a dental clinic, uh, maybe some industrial building occupied by a tenant that, you know, um, makes tomato cans, right? Mm -hmm. Like tomato pasta, right? Uh, you know, you keep driving and maybe there's another manufacturer of like airplane components, right? But there's still one tenant, right? So, so basically anything that's single tenant, um, is something that store could potentially buy. Um, and we also did what's called net lease, which is essentially that means all, all the costs are passed down um, to the tenant. So, you know, property taxes, for instance, would be paid by them and so on and so forth. Um, so uh, when you're doing single tenant net lease investments, um, it's, it's a very particular investment strategy because you're on a long-term lease and your lease is very dependent on a single tenant. Right. And so unlike, I think, most other real estate strategies, um, this strategy is very credit dependent. Right. And so I actually came in with a background in credit, uh, i.e. understanding how business looks like, what types of things do you need to ask to understand how healthy it is. Right. Um, what are the different catalysts 
um, that the business might have both positive and negative in the next call it five to 10 years, you know, these terms are like 15 to 20 years. So um, you really got to make sure that the business can withstand challenges. Um, and so I think that really helped me, you know, because I joined uh, a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, it's called. Um, um, but but in, in some ways at the core, you know, a, a lot of what uh, single tenant net lease REITs do is actually look at uh, the credit profile of the tenant, understand, you know, some of the things that I mentioned. And that really helped me. That's awesome. And, and how long were you at store for? Uh, close to five years. Got it. And so you were managing the portfolio? Were you asset managing or you were? Yeah, um, a little bit different uh, just because. So I think asset management typically, you know, refers to investments that are a lot more active, you know, right. um, the because it's a triple net lease. Um, you know, typically we don't, we, you know, we, we didn't speak to our tenants that much. Right. Um, but, you know, store prides itself in being a very good landlord. And I would even say like being more than just a landlord. Right. So because of that, they spend a lot of time um, keep staying in touch with tenants because there's a lot of repeat business with them. Um, and so I led the team that did all that coverage. Right. So you can think, you know, there's like, I think now they're about at $11 billion, call it like 3000 properties. Right. So um, I had a team of 20 people that would um, look at any new transactions that came in and speak to the potential tenants, I suppose you could say. Um, and, you know, think about whether we want to do a transaction or not. Right. And, and then also the, the other side was the portfolio management side, which is what you you're talking about, um, which was, I would call it a lot, a lot more strategic in nature, meaning, um, thankfully, occupancy was always super high. We didn't have too many default issues. So um, a lot of the portfolio management duties are more like, you know, which industries do we want to be exposed to, you know, preparing the executive team. Um, for for any like hot topics and earnings calls right and how that those types of, you know tariffs for example how will that impact our portfolio well let's see i mean there's three thousand properties right like it, it's a lot right um and and just managing the portfolio overall right every single property has like a different risk profile and you have to you know keep track of how your risk is progressing through the term of the lease Awesome. No, that's good. Um, and then, so you were there for five years and, and then you transitioned into doing your own thing. I think you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on a few things now, you know, consulting, um, looking at different deals, um, you know, just honestly spending a lot of time with family and, right. um, and enjoying it has been a really fun time. That's awesome. And so when you made that switch to leave store and, you know, kind of go out on your own, I mean, I know, you know, that's kind of a scary thought to a lot of people. So what did it take for you to really say, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm taking this jump and I'm doing it. Um, you know, I, I think it was pretty unique in my case because, um, I got married about five years ago and like, that's right around the time when I started the store. Um, also in the first four years of our marriage, we had three kids. 
Wow. Right. So like, um, you know, we were like newly married, had lots of kids in a short period of time and, and store. It was an amazing, amazing job. I worked with a ton of like really incredible people. Um, but it was really busy. You know, it's a, it's a hard job and it was like very uh, demanding. And um, I, I kind of got to a point where I realized like I, I'm not spending enough time with my family. Um, and so um, that was, I think, kind of like the biggest catalyst right. is just realizing I need to spend a little bit more time at home. Um, and I needed to do something that gave me that flexibility for a short while, you know, just to kind of recalibrate a little bit. Right. No, that's awesome. And I think, um, you know, sometimes we, we always need that, you know, you know, sometimes we get caught up in, in just the, the motion of life and, you know, we, not that we, you know, consciously let some of those other areas of our life fall to the wayside, but sometimes, like you said, you just got to kind of recalibrate. Um, so I guess for somebody, you know, really looking to, to figure out, you know, in terms of, you know, what their career path looks like, or, you know, those different avenues to take, you know, it sounded like for you, you had a lot of different experience in different areas. Um, so do you encourage, you know, trying out different stuff and, and, you know, getting involved in different areas to feel, you know, what might, speak the most to you or you know what is your what is some of your advice for somebody you know that's kind of in that that point in time in their career um i think the advice that you'll hear from me is pretty non-conventional um i i think i uh i think people underestimate how your risk tolerance changes through life you know um and so I think the probably the, the best thing in the world that I did to prepare me for my job at store was have such a different variety of jobs beforehand. Um, and the, the risk with that, of course, is that you're sort of like trying different things and, and the next employer might not necessarily be convinced that you'll stay at their job, right? Um, but 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 from from your perspective you will bring on a ton of different experiences to a job, which is extremely valuable, right? Um, so I guess to, to summarize, I would say that as early as you can, you know, you should try different things. And I, and I think, um, I think people focus a little bit too much on what they're good at um, as opposed to learning what they're not good at. Mm. you know because i think um things that you're good at you just pick up naturally like you know you'll just see them you don't need to like really pay attention right like you can ask your parents they'll tell you right, right? like they'll you know they'll they might even tell you too much you know they're biased <laughs> <laughs> right um but 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 i think the truth is like when you when you think about the weaknesses a lot of people try to avoid them uh not pay attention to them pretend like they can get better uh, and it, I, like way better, you know what I'm saying? As mm. opposed to just recognizing like, hey, I just tried this job and like, I really sucked at it. Like, I am not good at this thing. And what about this job was really difficult for me, right? And how do I make sure that the next job I go to, um, I I sort of optimize to make sure that there's someone in, or or if I start my own company or whatever it is, like, 
you need to be hyper aware of the things that you're not good at, in my opinion. And that's like not thought about enough. And it's very difficult to find out um, what you're not good at um, if you spend so much time doing the same thing from one job to another job, right? right? Meaning switching industries um, or, or job profiles, you know, whatever it is, like really helps you learn what you suck at. And I, I think it's like, priceless knowledge no that's good and i think i kind of had that personal experience myself and and then you know i got to a point where where i'm at now is i mean really what i've been looking for pretty much my whole entire career but without you know going through my experiences and also learning the skills that i've learned up to this point um i don't think there would be much you know as much of an appreciation and and really as much of a perspective um so i think you know you kind of fall in that same exact bucket um, so I guess, you know, just to, just to finish off, I mean, it, it's, it's been great information so far and I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, for sure. so do you read, do you read any books? Do you read books pretty often? Um, I do. I, I, I spend most of my time reading like Jewish books. Um, so there's quite a bit of literature on like Jewish law and things like that. And that's where I spend most of my time. Um, as far as, um, other books are you well i guess let me stop were you were you wondering like which books i like or <laughs> yeah i was uh like i guess in terms of maybe like a you know a business book or personal development book or you know really whatever you yeah. found most powerful in your life um i always like to ask like what is a good what is a good recommendation yeah um so i like to put you know uh my money where my mouth is i think that's the phrase right so um I'll tell you the book that I have gifted to most people. And I think I probably am maybe like 20, 25 in or something like that with this wow. one book. Um, it's called Deep Work uh, by Cal Newport. Um, I think what I, the, 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 the premise of the book is that um, in our society, we're having a really hard time focusing on work. Um and, and we just kind of like get bombarded with emails and, and we can't actually like focus on a given task, which impacts your innovative abilities, right? Um, and ultimately hurts your employer too, right? So, so, so the whole concept of like, you need to be available at all times is actually counterproductive. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, that, that's like literally one of my favorite books. Um, like I oh, said, I've good. probably given it out like probably 25, maybe more times away now. Yeah, I haven't read that, but it, it sounds like a good recommendation. And I think even especially in today's day where, you know, we think staying connected. I mean, it's good to stay connected, but, you know, there's a lot of different distractions that, that come our way from a day to day basis. So, um, you know, it's probably yeah. just kind of setting those time blocks and saying no and, and not being available. But um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to definitely dive deep into that book. It sounds like a good recommendation. Um, and then also my last question would be, wh- what would you say your definition of success is? Um, I think just having a well-balanced life, you know. Um, uh, I think balance, uh, and, and I think balance goes in, it's a, it's a a complicated question. And, you know, I think, um, let me, I'll give you a little bit of a Jewish idea. You know, there's a concept that, um, 
your character traits externally should be the same as internally, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Uh, that means that if you act different in public, um, then when you're in private, something is wrong, right? Um, and so, you know, if, if you go to work and treat your employees one day um, a certain way, but then come home and treat your wife or husband or kids another way, um, you've got work to do, right? Um, and and so I think that's part of that's sort of like the most extreme um, example of this. But but what I'm trying to bring out is this idea of balance, right? Uh, meaning um, the balanced person um, is is calm inside, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and that sort of affects all parts of their reality. You know how they manage people, how they manage teams, how they make economic decisions how they treat everyone around them, right? And so I've always personally um, found myself really sort of attracted to leaders that are of, of that of that nature. That's amazing. I, I think that's one of the one of the best answers I've gotten so far on that question. So um, that that's good. I mean, I think you know, I think we, I think we all kind of fall in that bucket and it's definitely a challenge for us to, to kind of grasp that, grasp that idea. Um, but I also think that kind of perspective on things of having all these different personalities and, and traits in terms of the, tr the crowd that we're amongst is kind of popular in, in today's day. So it's good yeah. to, um, it's good to yeah. kind of hear that it's, it's humbling. Um, but no, yeah, Alexi, I mean, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, this was great. I really appreciate the time and, and the insight. Of course, you know, of course, I, I definitely found value in it and, and I'm sure my audience will as well. Um, you know, so, awesome. so we'll de we definitely should stay connected and, you know, if there's anything that I can do for you, you know, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, of course. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me. You can tell Alexi has really dove deep into the core of who he is as a person to find ways to improve the trajectory of his life. Going through the different questions of career, meaning, and passion is something that we all experience, and he has proven that grit is the secret sauce to pushing through times of doubt. He has fostered the power of human connection to open up doors that he would not have imagined. Being connected to a community and bringing value to the table was the driving factor of his successful career and now independent ventures that he focuses on. You can find him on all social media platforms, which will be included in the description. And follow me on Instagram, Lenny underscore Pisano, to stay up to date on new episodes. And I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.